Hi, okay. everyone. Welcome to the day's show. Hey, I got a voice on the other end of the phone that you probably will recognize as soon as she says hello. So please say hello. He's just my Bill. Hello. <laughs> on the other end of the phone right now, hello. I'm speaking with Joanne Worley. <laughs> Well, how are you, dear? I'm doing wonderful. This is such an honor to be able to talk to you today. Um, unfortunately, we're talking about someone that you loved, that you that you worked with, and unfortunately passed mm-hmm. away on December 31st at the age of 99, whose birthday would be this Monday, where she would be turning 100. And who am I talking about is Betty White. The fabulous Miss Betty White. And we're going to animal talk- lover supreme. She yeah, and and again, I she she was an actress, a comedian, game shows, activist, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. Betty did everything. Oh my yes, a singer, everything, and she was uh, one of the founding members of Actors and Others for Animals. And you are president of Actors and Others for Animals, correct? As of now, before me was Earl Holloman. Okay. And uh, we just did, uh, what is it, 50 years now. Wow. We've been an organization. And our main thing is uh, spay and neuter, but we also help with um, emergency medical, animal medical bills. As you know, when you take your animal to the vet, it's almost like a a human going to the hospital. It's that expensive. Yeah, I have uh, two dogs and five cats. Trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, you do know then. Good for you. <laughs> yes, they're all they're all strays or rescues. So uh, yes, same here. We, yeah. We've taken them in, and they've become part of the family. So it, it's it's something that we do. My wife and I, and my three kids. So anyway, oh, Joanne, can you explain to me what actors and others for animals? What really got them started into doing this? Yes. Um, uh, 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 an actor and his wife were driving to the set where the actor was going to be re- uh, working, and the car in front of them threw an animal out the window of the Ooh. car. And they, of course, stopped, picked it up, took it to the vet, you know, to get it immediate care, and then went on to the set. Richard Basehart, do you re- n- remember that actor? Yes, I remember it was that. Richard name, yes. Basehart and his wife. And they went to the set, and they were telling the other people about this tragedy that happened. And the other actors said, oh, I want to contribute to the vet bill. And the other people on the set, like the director, the lighting, the wardrobe people, they all said, let, let us contribute also. So that's how Actors and Others got its name, Actors and Others for Animals, even though a lot of people mispronounce or misspeak it and say Actors and Other Animals. I know sometimes that applies, but... <laughs> Uh, in this case, it's Actors and Others for Animals, uh, and that's when the um, organization got founded. Uh, Doris Day was involved in the founding of it, and uh, as, as I said, Betty White was uh, was on the board uh, until just recently, as you are well aware. And uh, she and they're allowing us to be a part of the Betty White uh, Challenge. And if people want to go to um, their computers. And go to, let me find it here. I think it's called the Betty White Challenge uh, uh, dot com. Yes. Betty White Challenge dot com. It'll take you to uh, something that you can donate to actors and others for animals. 
And, are, and uh, there... the challenge is that uh, I think they suggested five dollars. Yes. But since she was going to be a hundred, it seems like a hundred dollars would be more appropriate. But obviously, any amount would help, and it all is accumulative. And if uh, everybody does indeed send in, you know, their uh, five dollars, uh, that would make a big difference. Is there a, a goal amount that you would like to reach, or is it just whatever you can get? It's obviously whatever we can get. Uh, sometimes with the goal amount, you have somebody who will match it. Okay. And uh, I guess uh, we didn't have enough time to uh, organize that because it it came as a shock to me, I know, and I'm sure to a lot of people when Betty Betty passed away. But because of her wonderful love of all animals, and it is a, such a lovely tribute to her, and knowing that her passing is helping the animals that she loves so much. There is a cartoon on the website that someone put there that I think is so appropriate. And I also shared the cartoon right after she passed away dealing with, you must've been really special if people say you were 99 and you died too soon. Um, yes, <laughs> I've seen that. And, and it's, it's, it's at the pearly gates yes. and St. Peter is saying, wow, you must be something special. People say too early, yeah. <laughs> too early. So, so what do you think it was about Betty White that, that, people were attached to well obviously her sense of humor right right that cut through a lot of stuff and her sense of humor and her uh i think it was inherent uh sweetness and nice uh, just a good person an all-around good person and uh certainly her talent Right, right. Which we are all uh, more than uh, aware of, and e- even so, now I, I, you know, I see her uh, all the time on uh, the reruns and everything of the shows she's done that I I love and still watch. Right, and the game shows and all of that. She was just a very, very special person to so many people, and as we now know, to lots of animals. Um. When, whenever she, I mean, you're seeing stuff now on TV that a lot of people didn't realize that she was on because mm-hmm. these nostalgia channels are bringing back the deep archives of um, the Betty White show from the from the 1950s and and uh, uh, a date with an a- the angels and all this stuff uh-huh. that a lot of people don't remember. And I think it's kind of interesting because it pulls you back into where Betty's career started. And it's kind of nice to see the development of a person all these years. Unfortunately, we had to wait until she passed away so we could see it. Well, did you happen to see the documentary about her life and her career? No, I have not. I have not seen it yet. I understand that's supposed to be shared um, around the country on Monday. Uh, I saw it last night. Okay. On our educational channel. I don't know what it's there. Oh, I um, didn't see it yet. Ah, it's just wonderful. And it, it tells you what an innovator, you know, she was in television. She was just, uh, it's so interesting. And I know I know the, the people that she saw recently because she would play games. She loved games, as we saw on a lot of game shows. And she, she married a game show host, mm-hmm. for heaven's sake. So, um but uh, Millicent Martin, the actress and her husband, 
uh, they would get together weekly to play Scrabble and, you know, different different games because that was Betty's uh, love. She loved uh, games. Animals and games. <laughs> How bad could it be? Not, not at all. Not at all. So... Joanne, how long have you known Betty, or has it been, um, have you, did you, when did you meet her? Let me ask that first. Uh, I do not, it seems like I've always known her. Okay. So therefore, I don't know the official first time I met Betty, but I would assume it was having to do with some fundraiser for animals. Okay. You know, a gala of some kind, an event that we were probably both at, and it, that might be the first time I met her. I, I think we did do game shows together, like the combination uh, match game. Right. And uh, when they did the com- combo of uh, Hollywood Squares and match game. And I think, uh, I don't think we ever did, um, you know, her husband's show together. Alan Ludden, Because they would usually do a man and a woman, right? Uh, you know, celebrity, quote-unquote, guests. And um, it just, uh, as I said, it seems like I've always known her all my life. And that and that that has to be really special to be able to do it. So, again, the goal is is to raise money for the um, actors and others for animals uh, organization, and to donate money um, to the Betty White Challenge. And whatever you can uh-huh. donate is what you're asking for because you want to show. I mean, unfortunately, can't show Betty, but everybody how special she was to the animals that she was uh, so fond of. Yes, and I, I wouldn't be, I, I don't know the history of this Betty White Challenge, who actually came up with the idea, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't Betty's idea. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised either, come to think of it. Um, the video mm-hmm. that they put online on the Actors and Others website um Makes you think it might have been Betty's idea. So, ah, so again, it's okay. it's kind of interesting to see that. Oh well, I guess I should watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I figure uh, I knew all about it, so I wouldn't have to watch it. Right. So, but I'm making myself a note. I'm going to be watching it. So, Joanne, a couple questions about you. So, when did you get your start in the business? We'll say. Um. Well, I, um, after high school, I went away to Summerstock as an apprentice. And I was born and raised on a farm, and my father couldn't understand why I would be going to work for them and giving them money. We paid our own room and board, which is what it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it worked out fine for me because I got a, a work scholarship to a college in Texas, a drama. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that's how I happened to uh, go to uh, Texas. And then my sister lived in California, and I left there to continue going to school in California because at that time it was college. It was free. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I started uh, uh, working in show business. Uh, There was a a stage company that uh, cast me in musicals. And uh, I did, did, you know, many different musicals there and did, was seen by other uh, theaters and uh, cast in that. So it was uh, one foot in front of the other. And and obviously doing the right thing at the right time in front of the right people who then, uh, you know, helped me along the path to uh, show business and eventually, of course, television and 
movies as you and I were just talking about Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Thank you, Walt Disney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wardrobe in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Or as it's known uh, initially, the armoire. Armoire, okay. Yeah, because uh, Madame La Bouche uh, is, is her name, so she, she has pretensions. Of yes. being grand, so she would be the armoire. <laughs> so when you started, was comedy what you were um, hoping to pursue, or did that just happen? Uh, yes. Comedy, I, I knew I was uh, could make people laugh. As a matter of fact, when I was a freshman in high school, I was uh, voted the school comedian. Oh, really? So, you know, I was doing shtick. <laughs> and then uh, I remember when I went away, as I said, to Summerstock as an apprentice, the man who ran the place, Rick Sheldon. As a matter of fact, he did a lot of uh, MASH programs. You still see him if you watch reruns yes. of that. Uh, Rick Sheldon uh, took me aside and he said, you know, Joanne, um, you have a, a natural comedic talent and you should really think of leaning towards comedy. And I said, yes. And, you know. Uh, to the best of my ability, that's what I'll, you know, try to do. And thank God it worked out. So when did they find you, or how did they find you for laughing, of all of all shows? Okay. I had done um, many Merv Griffin shows. Okay. And uh, my agent at the time, uh, and I lived in New York City at the time they were casting it, and I happened to have a, a show in Vegas, and then I went to Los Angeles to see my agent, walked into his office, and he was on the phone selling another comedian to George Slaughter, the producer of Laugh-In. And he put me on the phone, and George and I talked and laughed or whatever, and he hung up the phone, and he looked at a, a video cassette of a Merv Griffin show that my agent had already sent him, but he hadn't looked at it. He looked at it, and he called right back and said, I'd like to see Joanne tomorrow. And so that's how I... Got, and, and I did the bit that I did on the Merv Griffin show on that tape on the um, initial laugh-in program. It was a, a bad puppet routine, you know, where I would smoke the cigarette and drink the wa glass yeah, of water. And yeah, and of course stopped being the puppet's voice because I, did, I didn't know how to do it, really. So, so I, that's what got me on laughing. Yeah. So I mentioned to someone the other day that I was going to be talking to you, and they told me not to ask you a chicken joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that came up uh, in a laugh-in script where I stood up for chickens. I said, I'm tired of people making fun of chickens. I mean, I love, they're, they're wonderful, and their feathers are, are good for their pillows. And, and I just love chicken, especially the legs. And I took out a drumstick and started eating it. And uh, in that script, there were a couple other references to chicken. And uh, I said, is that a chicken joke? And everybody laughed. And then it came, another chicken reference came up. And I said again, is that another chicken joke? Yep. And that's how that happened. Then they started writing in them and putting them in the script. Um, did you realize that the, the program Laughing was going to be so iconic so many years later? Um, when you guys were doing it, or was it just a job that you thought was just going to last for a few seasons? Uh, when you go into any job in show business, you you do not think it's going to be a you know a, a forever situation and resonate for years and years. 
uh, you just you do it as a job, and uh, we were having a good time, which I'm sure showed. Oh, yes. Uh, everybody was enjoying it. And uh, we were uh, working many hours, so we were not, I call it, out in the world. We couldn't, uh, I, did, I didn't, I wasn't aware of the impact it was made. Of course, we knew about ratings, but ratings, schmatings, you know, what does that mean? Until we went to an op- the opening night of, I remember, Yellow Submarine, you know, the Beatles, the Beatles movie. movie. yes. Right. And uh, Judy Karn and myself and Goldie and Ruthie Buzzy, uh, we were trying to cross the street to get to the theater where the premiere was, and we couldn't get across the street because of the mob of people who wouldn't let us cross because they wanted, uh, you know, autographs and stuff. And they had to send security people to get us into the uh, theater. And at that time, we all went, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's happening? And that, that's when uh, uh, certainly I was uh, aware of the impact that Laffin was making. It, it, it's, it's interesting when I look at your, uh, what you've done. And not only were you the armoire in Beauty and the Beast, but you've done a lot of Disney programming over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, I love me. I love me some Disney. So, is there uh, a reason I'm, why you're drawn to Disney? No pun uh, intended. How about they offered me a job? Okay. <laughs> There's that, and also it's not far from my house. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> as a fact, uh, uh, the movie that I did, uh, where I met Walt Disney, was uh, Tom Tryon. Uh, what is it? Something about outer space. When it was a. A fantasy, you know, to go to the moon. Right. Moon pilot. Oh, okay. Moon pilot, yeah. Yeah, and he came on the set to greet the people. I, I played a hippie. <laughs> that tells you when it was shot. <laughs> uh, it was 1962, and it says you played an undetermined minor role. Unconfirmed and Un- Well, it was determined I was a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I know the outfit, and I was in jail for being a hippie. Okay. <laughs> so it was it was determined at some point. Gotcha. But you've done a lot of TV. I think maybe um, they not... meant un- unnamed. Maybe okay. they meant unnamed. Unnamed. Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you've done a lot of TV. Have you ever wanted your own program? Uh, well, sure. Sure. As a matter of fact, when I, I left uh, Laugh-In... It was with the, the uh, advice of my agents and managers that they were, you know, getting me a series, my own series. Right. But then I started doing a lot of um, guest spots on uh, other shows and making lots of money doing that as opposed to the, uh, when we started on Laugh-In, we were getting scale. Right. Okay. Which is the, quite different from when you do a guest spot like on the Tom Jones show or Engelbert Humperdinck or uh, you know the uh, Andy Williams show. Th- those guest spots were thousands of dollars as opposed to the hundreds. Okay. Right? And that's a big big difference. So it, the series got kind of waylaid while uh, you know other fish were being fried. As they say, and I did a lot of uh, theater, and I loved the theater. That was my uh, my main background is is indeed theater. You made a you made a comment earlier before we before we went on that um, 
people were able to recognize you even with a mask on during the whole COVID, while well, we're still in it, but the <laughs> yeah. whole COVID situation because your voice. What When they come up to you yeah, and they and, say, hey, that's you, what are they referring to? Laughing or the Disney guest spots or whatever? Or it's... Uh, I think, uh, and also I did a, a lot of game shows. Yes. And, uh, you know, just plain talk, talk shows. And uh, I think it's a combination. Uh, it, it depends on sometimes the age of the person. If they're, you know, remembering me from laughing, which has been years ago. However, there have been reruns and, yes. you know, DVDs available and that stuff. And uh, or if they were, you know, little kids growing up and Beauty and the Beast was a, a Disney movie that they watched. Or they actually watched the, uh, I think, that, what, what was the Mickey Mouse, uh, not Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, there was another Mickey Mouse thing I did. I did a couple of them where I was like the hostess of... Oh. I know I sang with Willie the Whale. <laughs> yeah, and then they did. It was great. Um, anyway, uh, it just is a, a matter of uh, what's being offered. Interesting. So you you worked the the game show circuit in Hollywood Squares. Mm-hmm. When you were doing those, did you like them, or I mean, what was the purpose of doing a game show for a celebrity? Oh. I've always wanted to ask that question. Okay. Okay, uh, specifically, uh, Hollywood Squares, again, was where they shot it, was close to my house. Okay. <laughs> I, you, you see a trend here? Yeah, I get and, it. <laughs> uh, okay, $25,000 Pyramid was shot in New York. Okay. And that meant I got a trip to New York to see all the Broadway shows. Gotcha. So I, I loved doing that show, and also I loved being able to give a big chunk of money to someone if okay. they win. Right. Right. So that's that. that and I, I mentioned it before uh, on another show that uh, people still come up to me from time to time and say, oh, you got my husband through college and now he's uh, a lawyer, which meant that he was on the show and he had won a big chunk of money that paid his uh, wow. college uh, tuitions. So uh, that's that that's wonderful. And I just love playing games also. So because I, I find that interesting. The other thing I'm looking at, too, You've done a lot of voiceover work for animation. Mm-hmm. Would you do you would you rather do voiceover or would you rather do TV, Broadway? What what work do you like to do the best? Okay, I'm going to uh, say that the theater is my first love and my first you know experiences with the live audience. Okay, is theater. Uh, and then uh, the others are just a matter of uh, what's being offered, right? If okay. it's a, a movie or if it's a, a voiceover, uh, what's being offered now is mainly Zooms. You, can, you getting my drift? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Zoom calls are just <laughs> a lot of those are being offered. But uh, if I had my druthers, I would probably be a theater. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at this now. I don't know how accurate this is, but it says that you were in a Disney comics in motion. You were the wardrobe, of course, because uh, Bell's stage struck, which was in 2019. Mm-hmm. Is that the last time you've done work, or are you still working now? Oh, 
Uh, what kind of work is the, the next question? You Anything. mean voice work? Voice work. Anything. Acting. Well, we've been shut down for a couple of years. You right. are aware of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've spoken to other, I've, I've spoken to other people that have done TV and everything else. And mm-hmm. they, they said they're getting out there a little bit, but they are doing, they're doing voice work. And I guess that's what I'm asking. Have you done oh, a lot of voice yeah. work while this is going on? No. Okay. No. No. No, that's, that's a different, uh, there, there's also the, um, being pushed to work by managers and agents, right? And there's also, uh, some, some people have more of a need for that kind of gratification and some people have more need for the money. Maybe they just need the money. Uh, luckily the business has been very, very kind to me. So I'm, you know, not uh, chomping at the bit. Right. To get, you know, out there in front of, because uh, I've had some offers to do, you know, my act, and I do a one-woman show also. and But uh, I don't think now is the time to get in front of a bunch of people. Okay. I mean, I, that, That's that, just me. Oh, I get it. That makes all the sense in the world right there to me, um, because you don't know what's going to happen out there. I get that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this. You were, you were on the National Tours of MAME. The Pirates of Penzance, mm-hmm. Annie. Mm-hmm. Did you like doing those national tours? Absolutely, yes. What yes, what they, what made those tours special to you? Well, first of all, uh, it, it, the people in the show become your family. Okay, right. So you're surrounded by family, all with the the same purpose to put on a good show. Right. Okay. So uh, we go uh, with that intention into different cities, and I love to shop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love to eat, and there are always wonderful, exciting uh, restaurants to go to and uh-huh. after the show and uh, shopping. So it, it, it was, uh, you know, great fun. You get to see the country, and you're getting uh, paid for it. Is there a, there is there a part on on stage that you always wanted to play but never had the chance? Um, a quick answer is no. Okay. Uh, because uh, at some point, the I might get a call that would say, "What would you like to do?" You know. So at that point, I would you know possibly say if there was something. So I've pretty much run the game. Uh, there were things that I, I didn't do that I wish I had. Like what? Uh, like, um, oh, God. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, they asked me to do the National Company of uh, Sweeney Todd. And I I was doing another uh, musical, so I, I didn't do that. But I wish now that I had. Okay. Because it was Hal Prince who asked. And that would have been a good thing to have done. But I was uh, Acapato. And what were you doing at the time? Do you remember? I don't remember. That's how <laughs> important it was. But it, it was probably something that I had already assigned up to do. And it would have been a big uh, hassle to get out of it in order to sign on to uh, Sweeney Todd. But so, I wish I had done that. So I've I've been I've been looking since I knew I was going to do this with you. I've been looking at stuff that you've done over the last couple of years, and I've looked at photographs and recent ones. And I cannot mm. believe that you are eighty four years old. 
Oh, good. I'm so glad. And how old are you? Seriously, you don't. No, no. You don't look it. You yeah. Tell me how old you are. I'm 55, soon to be 56. Holy cow! <laughs> You're kidding. No. Oh. Is that good or bad? No, 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 no. Don't you know a lady never discusses her age? You have not learned that? I've learned that, but do it's you have public. a wife? But it's, oh, do yes, I do. Her? What's but her name? What's that? My wife's, wife's name is Muriel. Name. Muriel, listen to me. <laughs> Sit this man down and have a chat with him, okay? Do yourself and all your lady friends a favor. He, how is it he doesn't know this rule? All women know this, and it's our job to share it with the men. So, Muriel, you got your work cut out for you. Good luck. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, but, that's going to be the last time you bring that up here. You, but again, you do not look it. Is what I'm saying, and I'm trying to. Ah, uh-huh. that's why I, I. That's why I don't like doing Zoom. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. there's well, no way to look good on Zoom. Anyone? Uh, I honestly, I think any. I think that no matter if, you, I think you could look good. Muriel, good on Zoom. Muriel, <laughs> do you do Zoom? Okay. Do I? Yes, I do Zoom. No, no, I'm asking Muriel. Not yes, she you. does. She does it for her job on, a, on almost on a daily basis. Well, that's all right for her job. Yeah. What's her job? She is Taking an executive of director of a chamber of commerce where we live. And taking care of you. Well, yeah. That's her real job. Well, the, the, we and the children. Not that, yeah, the three kids. But not to not to say anything out of place. But we celebrated our twenty fifth wedding anniversary this past Tuesday. So, well, something you are must one be lucky right. guy. Yeah, something. What must a be lucky going guy right. you are. Uh, I am yeah. very, very. That's wonderful. So, and um, one more thing before I let you go. And 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 you were you, when you were on laughing and other things, you always had a scarf in your hair. Oh. Sure. Yeah. Whose idea was that? Was that yours, or it was just a way to keep your hair um, in control? No, it's mine. Okay. Uh, I uh, had very long hair, and uh, when I would go into hair and makeup, it would take them a long time to get my hair up and you know get the curls up there, and right. then, uh, I always had the bangs and the side stuff. And uh, it was Eileen Brennan was in the chair next to me. And she said, well, why don't you get a hairpiece for that? But she said, I've got one when I was a brunette. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> she was a blonde at the time. Right. And she sold me her brunette. Uh, they used to call them um, a fall that attached to the top of your head and was just in curls in the back. Uh-huh. And so the, diff- the, the bangs in the side were my own hair. And the, the place where the cutoff was, where that piece fit on with the curls, is where I put the scarf, so oh, you couldn't okay. see the demarcation. So it was a it was a necessity, but it, it served its purpose, didn't it? Yeah. It, again, it was something that you were recognized for, which I think, again, is a look that that people need to bring back again. I actually I like that. Yeah, I know. Well, they have to find uh, Eileen Brennan and see if she's <laughs> still selling her hair pieces. <laughs> <laughs> You're right on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I know I have to let you go here real soon, but again, we started talking off about the Betty White challenge. Is there anything else you want to say about that? No, but I can't wait for you to get home and talk to your wife. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, and I wish you luck. (laughs) 
Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.